0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Nothing to Hide. My name is Kevin. And on today's episode, we're going to be marking this auspicious day, December 25th. Let's begin. I'd like to start with a poem that I was inspired to write this morning. It's called A Time to Reminisce. Today is December 25th and people around the world would typically be celebrating the day with friends and family, but many are celebrating alone due to COVID. Regardless of your religious beliefs, today marks a day you are thought of by a friend who you may not have spoken to for a year by way of a simple message, Merry Christmas. Today is the day, perhaps you, send a message to someone whom you haven't spoken to in some time. Today is a day that you are reminded of those lost before you and how you spent this day with them. Today is a day, regardless of how significant or insignificant, you are reminded that the small family-run corner store is the only store that is open and always smiling when you arrive to purchase your cigarettes and six-pack. Today is a day children wake up to gifts under a tree decorated with lights and tinsel from those that care for them. Today is the day we rest from a year of tragedy and loss, knowing that we are the lucky ones, surviving. Today is the day many are suffering alone in ICUs around the world, conscious or unconscious, with the only means of communicating via a cell phone or iPad. Today is the day we are reminded of how grateful we are for those we love and those who love us. Today is the day we are reminded of what? or who we take for granted, and perhaps we take some time to show them love. Today is the day. I was inspired to write this poem on this auspicious day from the beginning of a movie I caught in passing with Will Smith called Collateral Beauty. He begins by sharing three ways of connecting with people, love, time, and death. I would add one more, change. It begins with love of self. As Ram Dass says, you are loving awareness. Despite how you feel or what you believe, the fact that you are listening to this is proof you are love. And so I urge you to share this love by sending a message of hope, by helping those in need, by taking care of one another. This past year we've seen so many moments, often neglected by the evening news, of people showing each other love by online fundraising campaigns to save a local beloved store in the community at risk of going under, the love and support of our frontline health and emergency workers sacrificing their own well-being to be there for those in need. Love is all around us. Time. The one constraint reminding us of our limited mortality, constantly encouraging us to chase a linear path to fulfill the dreams of our parents, our families, or ourselves. Time doesn't have to be our enemy, but our reminder that you are precious, that this moment is precious. And because of time, we may not take for granted this amazing time to be alive despite COVID, which will also pass with time, approximately 18 months. If there is any obvious reminder of death, it is the year 2020. Leaving a trail of destruction, COVID has ravaged communities, countries, and the world. We are left without our elders who have taught us wisdom and the times they used to dance in the rain because they didn't have the internet. It's never too late to change. Scientifically, you are not the same person you were a second ago, a month ago, and perhaps like me and the COVID weight I've accumulated, not the same as a year ago. So why limit yourself to the hypothetical box you've contained yourself in? You are free to do anything and everything you can change. For better or worse, you are changing, but why not for the better? If we know that change is certain, why not do something in favour of that change and embrace the change we can't control? It's been approximately a year since the first case of COVID has been reported and deemed a pandemic. According to the CDC, historically we have not seen a pandemic exceed approximately 18 months. That being said, The life of this pandemic should end around Fall of 2021. We already have vaccines that are being administered around the world. We have pivoted in ways unimaginable. I'd like to now share a story of hope. I know during this time, because of the many restrictions, the lockdowns, and of course all of this due to COVID, we've seen division. We've had a presidential election during a pandemic. We've seen the rising of people fighting for their liberties, believing that masks don't help or perhaps vaccines do not help. I want to share this story as an example to help bridge and bring the divided communities back together. This is a story I found online um, which is from a book by uh, Rabbi Pesach Krohn. It appeared in his 1999 book, Echoes of the Mag- Magid. It reads, in Brooklyn, New York, Chush is a school that caters to learning disabled children. Some children remain in Chush for their entire school careers while others can be mainstreamed into conventional schools. There are a few children who attend Chush for most of the week and go to a regular school on Sundays. At a Chush fundraising dinner, the father of a Chush child delivered a speech that would never be forgotten by all who attended. After extolling the school and its dedicated staff, he cried out, Where is the perfection in my son Shea? Everything that God does is done with perfection. But my child cannot understand things as other children do. My child cannot remember facts and figures as other children do. Where is God's perfection? The audience was shocked by the question, pained by the father's anguish and stilled by his piercing query. I believe, the father answered, that when God brings a child like this into the world, The perfection that he seeks is in the way people react to this child. He then told the following story about his son Shea. One Sunday afternoon, Shea and his father came across some kids playing baseball. The game was in progress and as Shea and his father made their way towards the ball field, Shea said, do you think they will let me play? Shea's father knew his son was not at all athletic and that most boys would not want him on their team. But Shea's father understood that if his son was accepted to play, it would give him a sense of belonging. Shea's father approached one of the boys in the field and asked, Do you think my Shea could get into the game? The boy looked around for guidance from his teammates. Getting none, he took matters into his own hands and said, We're losing by six runs, and the game is already in the eighth inning. I guess he can be on our team, and we'll try to put him up to bat in the ninth inning. Shea's father was ecstatic. As Shea smiled broadly, Shea was told to put on a glove and go out to play a short center field, a position that exists only in softball. There were no protests from the opposing team, which would now be hitting with an extra man in the outfield. In the bottom of the 8th inning, Shea's team scored a few runs but was still behind by three. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Shea's team scored again and now with two outs and the bases loaded and the potential winning runs on base, Shea was scheduled to be up. Would the team actually let Shea bat at this juncture and give away their chance to win the game? Surprisingly, Shea was told to take a bat and try to get a hit. Everyone knew that it was all but impossible, for Shea didn't even know how to hold the bat properly, let alone hit with it. However, as Shea stepped up to the plate, the pitcher moved in a few steps to lob the ball in softly so that Shea should be at least be able to make contact. The first pitch came in and Shea swung clumsily and missed. The pitcher again took a few steps towards forward to, to toss the ball softly towards Shea. As the next pitch came in Shea swung the bat and hit a slow ground ball to the pitcher. The pitcher picked up the soft grounder and could easily have thrown the ball to the first baseman. Shea would have been out that would have ended the game. <clears throat> Instead The pitcher took the ball and threw it on a high arc to right field, far and wide beyond the first baseman's reach. Everyone started yelling, Shea run to first, Shea run to first. Never in his life had Shea run to first. He scampered down the baseline, wide-eyed and startled. By the time he reached first base, the right fielder had the ball. He could have thrown the ball to the second baseman who would tag out Shea, who was still running. But the right fielder understood what the pitcher's intentions were, so he threw the ball high and far over the third baseman's head, as everyone yelled, Shea run to second, Shea run to second! Shea ran towards second base as the runners ahead of him deliriously circled the bases towards home. As Shea reached second base, the opposing shortstop ran towards him, turned him towards the direction of third base and shouted, Shea run to third! As Shea rounded third, the boys from both teams ran behind him, screaming, Shea, run home! Shea, run home! Shea ran home, stepped on on home plate, and all 18 boys lifted him on their shoulders and made him the hero, as he had just hit the grand slam and won the game for his team. That day, said the father, who now had tears rolling down his face, those 18 boys reached their level of perfection. They show that it is not only those who are talented that should be recognized, but also those who have less talent, they too are human beings, they too have feelings and emotions, they too are people, they too want to feel important. That is the exceptional lesson of this story. Too often we seek to find favour and give honour to those who have more than us. But there are people who have fewer friends than we, less money and less prestige. Those people especially need attention and recognition. We should try to achieve the level of perfection in human relationships, which the boys on the ball field achieved. because if children can do it, we adults should certainly be able to accomplish it as well. That again is a story called Perfection at the Plate. I will be adding um, a video I found on Vimeo in um, the links for this episode. So, um, if you're not in tears already, um, feel free to do so. I know reading this story has um, certainly brought some tears to my eyes. I love the lesson of the story in that if children can do it, we adults can do it as well. So often we forget I am certainly um, a victim of this, that we are examples uh, to our children and to all children, and our behavior, our actions are so impressionable on them. And so, I like, despite its religious associations, that December 25th, is a day, regardless of where you come from, what you believe, or what your culture is, a time for us to reminisce and be thankful. Um, There's so many out there that are struggling, more so because of COVID, but it's possible for us And it's seen throughout the world of people helping one another, supporting each other and helping those in need. So with those three examples of how we can connect with each other and their impact, uh, that being love, time and death the fourth one that i added change is our ability to change for the better that being said um it's pretty much everything i wanted to share i want to thank everyone that have been listening to this podcast um i'm so grateful for all your support and encouragement and I just want to thank everyone and hope everyone has a very happy holiday. Thank you very much. Bye.